Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Guess what? We got football to talk about. Praise Jesus. We had football games last night, even if they were preseason. Stop with your, yeah, but it was only preseason takes. Preseason football hater. Uh, There's actual games to discuss. Last night, Ravens, Dolphins, Bills, Eagles, and Bucks, Jags. Four, uh, yeah, interesting games. Six different teams taking the field. Three interesting games, I should say. And I watched a decent amount of these. I certainly have looked at the highlights, watched uh, the box scores. And the number one story to emerge is that, I've been saying it for a while, Blake Bortles and his career as a starting quarterback in Jacksonville seems to be legitimately in question i.e. we could end up with a situation a little bit like RG3 where Jacksonville just sits him out for an entire season to try to avoid having to pay the money that they would owe him if he got hurt. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if we're that far gone, but I certainly think we're not that far off from that. And so I thought maybe the best way to analyze what happened in these six games, uh, sorry, these six teams, the three games that happened last night, there are a bunch of games obviously happening tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday as we move into week two of the NFL preseason was to think about how the quarterbacks looked. Six teams played last night. How would we rank the quarterbacks in terms of the comfort level that every fan base should have now that they're two weeks through in terms of the quarterback position? And obviously one of these teams, I think you should be a little bit nervous just because we don't really know what's going on with Jay Flack, uh, Joe Flacco and the Baltimore Ravens. They say he's going to be back for the opening game. Maybe that's going to happen. But so far, things definitely look 
a little bit awry with the Ravens, but I'm going to give them an incomplete just because we don't know what's going to happen with Joe Flacco. If they have to rely on the guys that they've got out on the field right now, their play has been pretty awful. Pretty atrocious quarterback play from the Ravens so far. Even if you're a hardcore Baltimore Ravens fan, if you are going to have to rely on Ryan Mallett, some of these guys, like I don't even know who they are. Thaddeus Lewis. I don't. Wh- who is Woodrum? Like I don't even know who Woodrum is. I'm watching Josh Woodrum. If I told you that Josh Woodrum was a real person who played quarterback in the NFL, how many of you actually know anything about Josh Woodrum? Anyway, that's how bad the Ravens' quarterback situation is. That he has been by far the best quarterback that they have had on the field so far, and none of you have ever heard of Josh Woodrum. At least not yet. Maybe he's the next Tony Romo. Uh, all right. So here are my rankings of the quarterbacks based on the six teams that played last night. Number one, Jameis Winston was phenomenal. I mean, the Bucks are, along with the Titans, I think the two teams most likely to make a big leap this year, not only make the postseason, but potentially be in a position, assuming both those quarterbacks stay healthy, to legitimately contend. Now, Jameis Winston got a lot of work last night 21 for 29, uh, uh, almost 200 yards passing. Pretty solid performance all around. So I think of the teams that are still playing uh, that that did not make the playoffs last year, the Jags assuming, I mean, sorry, the Tampa Bay assuming that they can stay healthy and the Titans assuming they can stay healthy are the most likely teams to make a big leap and make it into the playoffs. Now, to me, Bucks fans have to be really excited. So they're number one. Number two, I thought in general that the Eagles and Carson Wentz looked pretty decent. Now, the big jump, and I was talking about this yesterday, the big jump anytime you are a rookie quarterback is not necessarily going from college to playing in the NFL. It's going from putting forth a lot of tape of yourself that first year in the NFL And then coming back in year two, when everyone has sat around and watched all that tape, all the great defensive wizards of the NFL, and they make you do the things that you didn't do very well the first year. That's why I've said I I can't really rank Dak Prescott or Carson Wentz in terms of how good they are relative to the rest of the NFL, because until they come back for year two and overcome whatever challenges are put in front of them by NFL defensive coordinators... You're just not ready to see how good they're going to be. I have long said that there are a lot of quarterbacks out there who look good in year one, and then in year two, they fall apart. Vince Young is a great example. RG3 is a great example. Think about guys who came in the league and you thought, man, these guys may turn out to be pretty good quarterbacks. Both of them win rookie of the year. RG3 takes his team to the playoffs. VY looks like he's playing at a different speed than everybody else in the NFL. Year two, they come back, and there's tape of them, and they just aren't able to take the next level, the next step. Now, frequently, those are running quarterbacks. So that's why I think if you're a Dak Prescott fan, if you're a Cowboy fan, or you're a fan of the Eagles, you kind of like the idea that what Dak and Carson Wentz showed they could do last year was be pocket-passing quarterbacks, especially obviously Wentz, who is never going to run for very many yards. But number two on my list, Jameis Winston was the best-looking quarterback of this group of six that played last night. 
Carson Wentz, I think, was the second best. Third best. There's a lot of discussion about how Jay Cutler was going to look. I actually am not that concerned about Jay Cutler if I'm a Dolphins fan. The question is not, is Jay Cutler going to be awful? The answer is no. Jay Cutler is not going to be awful because there's too much footage and tape of him being mediocre. The question is, can he be better than mediocre? And last night, Jay Cutler was about what we would expect. He only attempted six passes. Uh, He only threw for 24 yards. But if you watch those throws, he looked like Jay Cutler. So I would feel fairly confident that I have at least an average quarterback if I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. The hope is, and we talked about this yesterday, that surrounding Jay Cutler with the best talent probably he's ever played with in his career in the NFL is going to allow him to calm down. He's not going to force the ball as much. He's going to make better throws, better decisions, because he's not going to feel the pressure that he's felt before. Fourth spot, again, I'm giving the Ravens an incomplete. I ranked the Ravens here because I think Joe Flacco is going to be there, and I think Flacco and Cutler, even though Flacco has won a Super Bowl, are effectively similar quarterbacks. I'd put Flacco probably at three, Cutler at four, assuming Flacco is going to be back healthy. Assuming he's not going to be back healthy, the Ravens are in real trouble. In the fifth spot, Blake Bortles is, I think, finished in Jacksonville. But it says something that he wasn't even the worst performing quarterback last night who's expected to start. But we got some interesting quotes, I believe, about Blake Bortles. Guys, do we have the audio of the postgame here? You know things are bad when after week two of the preseason, effectively the Jags are opening up the quarterback position. And here is audio from last night's game to kind of demonstrate how uncomfortable the Jags really are with Blake Bortles. I met with both quarterbacks afterwards. Uh, I told them what I'm looking for is I'm looking for someone that's going to lead this offense. So uh, I'm not uh, happy with the performance today. I'm not going to sit here and and, uh, BS anyone. I mean, everyone saw it out there. Uh, Whatever you want to call it, I'm still trying to evaluate who the best person is at that position. That's never good. It's never good when your head coach, uh, Doug Marone, has to always has to already come out and basically say, yeah, I told both guys it's a wide-open competition after two weeks of the preseason. I think the Blake Bortles era, effectively over. Number three overall pick, if I'm not mistaken, in the draft, and what is that now, four years ago? Number three overall pick in the draft four years ago. Somebody pull up the, the the draft class for quarterbacks that year. I know Bortles was the first quarterback to go, and I believe Johnny Manziel went 22 in that draft. How has everybody else done in that draft? Do we have any – any? and I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. That was four years ago. Yeah, Blake so, Bortles was the third overall pick. Yeah, he was the first quarterback to come off the board, and I know Johnny Manziel was 22. Correct. How, how are the rest of the quarterbacks in that draft class? Well, um, well T- Teddy Bridgewater is not playing. Derek Carr is doing pretty well for himself. Yeah. So, And he was the first pick of the second round, Derek Carr, right? Uh, Yeah. So the is is that have what I was Jimmy Garoppolo? Is, Jimmy Garoppolo. We still don't know about him, but uh, is every quarterback in the first round now in that year busted out? There were fourteen basically. quarterbacks taken in that draft. Some of the other names, and yeah, what you're saying is pretty much average. But you got Tom Savage, JJ McCarron, uh, David Fails. I'm not even really sure. I've seen him do very much of anything. Garrett Gilbert, Zach Mettenberger on that list, who you know obviously pretty well. Clay Aaron Murray. Taj Boyd, Keith Winning, and Logan Thomas, who, I, who is not doing much of anything right now either. So 
really I mean, that Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater. That is a collection of really bad quarterbacks that year. I mean, Derek Carr is going to be a, is and and has become a great quarterback, I believe, in the NFL. Other than that, I mean, Bridgewater, you almost have to give an incomplete. It's awful what happened to him. It's hard to know what he would be looking like. But other than that, I mean, maybe Garoppolo is going to end up being uh, decent. We don't know because he hasn't played very much. But, man, that's a – think about that. Four years in, just four years in, and by just four years in, by the way, we haven't even started the regular season. Already of – would you say there was 14 quarterbacks taken in that draft? Yeah, 14 taken and only one that you can really say that's a franchise quarterback, that being Derek Carr. That's pretty wild. And not only not only one you can say a franchise quarterback, how about only one that might even be almost starting? I mean, to have an entire – again, Bridgewater, let's say, okay, obviously he got an awful knee injury, uh, awful leg injury, and he's still out recovering from that. I mean, that's atrocious. That You just feel awful for anybody there. But Bortles went number three overall. It effectively seems like his career in Jacksonville may be done. Johnny Manziel, 22. And obviously we had him on the show recently, but it appears that he's done. Garoppolo, okay, let's hold out hope if you are a Patriots fan that one day he's going to be really good as well. But right now, that entire draft class, it's possible that the only starting quarterback when we begin the regular season this year is going to be David uh, Derek Carr. Pretty wild to think about that being the result and that Carr was a second-round draft pick there. Finally, I have never been a believer in this guy. I think it's crazy that he doesn't get more attention because Buffalo, I don't think, has their long-range guy. Did you guys see how bad Tyrod Taylor was last night? I mean, otherworldly bad for a preseason game. He went 8 of 18 through two interceptions and passed for 53 yards. A lot of attention is going to be on Blake Bortles because of, obviously, the kind of spotlight that's been on him, new coach, the fact that he had a bad year last year, this being his kind of last chance to prove that he's going to be a franchise quarterback or at least even worthy of having his option picked up. And Tyrod Taylor was worse than him. We'll talk about all this. I'll bring in the crew a little bit more. Again, Blake Bortles now going in his fourth year. That entire quarterback class has basically, with the exception of Derek Carr, been a huge miss. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I had a bulging stricter stuck to my face. And you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. All right, who's starting? Which one of you guys? All right, you guys. Now, I came across this story, and one of my favorite parts about Animal Thunderdome is the, the stupidity of the humans in the Animal Thunderdome stories. Now, this incident took place in Russia. I'm not even going to try to pronounce yeah. the district of Russia. I saw this. Yes. <laughs> now, I guess there was uh, there was three bears 
that were caged outside of this this cafe. They were they were there to entertain customers. By the way, this is Russia to me, where you just go to eat and they just have bears in a cage, like on the <laughs> on the street corner, yeah. like, right? Like, I, oh, I'm going to go get some pancakes and go go look at those Russian bears that are just sitting out there in the cage while I sit here at the cafe. Okay, so there's I, three I, caged Russian bears. Yeah, I read the whole story multiple times to see if it was like a cafe inside of a zoo. No mention of a zoo, just <laughs> caged bears outside of a cafe. That's Russia. Yeah, so this drunken man decided that he wanted to give the— Also Russia, by the way, the vodka. They, all they do is drink vodka in <laughs> Russia, so that makes sense. Uh, he had consumed a lot of alcohol and wanted to give the bears something to drink. So he carried cans of condensed milk and climbed into the cages— now, as he falls down, one of the bears approaches him. His friend is watching from a safe distance. Then there's a commotion, and one of the bears decided to, uh, well, you know, wasn't thirsty, he was hungry, attacks the man. A, th- a third man, the cafe's barbecue chef, was alerted by the man's screams. <laughs> this, this story can't be real. And rushed to his rescue. It's all on video. Yeah, I watched it. It happened. I- <laughs> he rushed to his rescue using a spade to fight off the bears, <laughs> which had clawed the man's arm. Yes, severed it. His oh. arm off. Yes. Oh. Did we get it reattached or it's gone his, forever? His arm was severed close to the shoulder, and he's receiving treatment. Now, his brother was there, and these are the quotes from his brother. I This is this is a true story. This is translated from Russian? I, I would I, I would imagine Assume. so, because it's, it's broken English. Says, of course it is his fault. He jumped over and went to feed them. But then he goes on to say, for drunken Russian men, the fence needs to be higher. (laughs) (laughs) Both my brother and the cafe are guilty. And it will be good if the cafe offer compensation because he is disabled now. He also said the family fears his brother may not be able to work again. Yeah, well, he doesn't have an arm. (laughs) So that's uh, that's one of my favorite Animal Thunderdome stories so far. You know, I, I I don't know what goes on in Russia. You know, that's where the World Cup is going to happen. But it seems like Russians make really bad decisions regularly, and I don't know if it's just vodka or, as a country, if they make some of the worst decisions out there. I love the fact that the guy says, first of all, all these things coming together make up Russia to me, right? You have a random cafe that decides to keep bears captive so people can sit and look at the bears. And then they don't have a roof on the bear cage, so you, anybody can just climb in and jump in. And then the guy gets drunk and decides to go try to feed the bears milk, and they take his arm off. And then his friends, his brother's like, yeah, you know, and a guy fights off the bears with a, what What was it, like a spatula? A spade, yeah, he said, that's a, they called it a spade. The barbecue chef. The barbecue chef, it's a hero here. <laughs> Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. Believe it or not, we are eight days from the college football season officially beginning. I believe those early games, many of them overseas, but by the 26th, like this time next week, it will be the eve of college football kicking off. You guys know if you listen to the show regularly, I gave you my top 12 coaches live on the air in college football as we came into the new season. I wanted to hit a couple of stats that I found that were flat-out unbelievable. And I know that everyone out there, we were just talking about how bad the Dolphins quarterback situation has been. 
and how much different the world of sports would look, certainly in football, if Nick Saban and the Miami Dolphins had signed Chad uh, had signed Drew Brees instead of Dante Culpepper. If they had done that, my contention is Nick Saban, still the coach of the Miami Dolphins, decent chance that the Dolphins would have won multiple Super Bowls. And it would have been Saban against Belichick instead of the New England Patriots owning the AFC East and having it on lockdown for nearly a generation. It would have been a legitimate battle in that division for years and years. Instead, the Dolphins signed Dante Culpepper. Nick Saban recognizes Culpepper's not the answer, knows that you can't win in the NFL unless you have a great quarterback, and bails and heads to Alabama, where I've got two remarkable statistics for you guys. First of all, are you aware that Nick Saban, the AP poll comes out, I believe, on the 21st, the same day as this eclipse that everybody's going crazy about. Schools are closed here in Nashville, where I live, for this eclipse. Question for you before I get to Nick Saban. I'm going to bring in the crew here. In ancient times when there were eclipses, did everybody go blind? Because I got to tell you, I have heard so much about how everybody has to have special eclipse glasses. I remember being a kid when there were eclipses. They're like, if you look at the sky, you're going to go blind. They certainly didn't have ancient special eclipse glasses back in the day. So every time there was an eclipse, would like a million people go blind back in the day? Did all of the ancient Mayans and the ancient Greeks... Did they all just lose their eyesight immediately when the eclipse happened? Second part of this question. Is it really make sense to shut school down for the eclipse? I'm not an expert on when to decide to shut school down. But shutting schools down for the eclipse seems pretty crazy. Considering it's only going to last like two and a half minutes. And I know when I was in school and it snowed. If they wanted us to pay attention, you know what the teacher did? pull down the blinds, and say anybody who looked outside at the snow was going to get in trouble. What's the deal with this eclipse stuff? I think my, I I don't get it. Are you guys been paying attention to this eclipse stuff? And let's start out in LA. I'm actually curious. Is is there a big discussion about the eclipse in LA? Because I feel like the center part of the country is, is gone eclipse crazy. It's on Monday. But have you guys, like, are people talking about this regularly in L.A.? All right, a few things, Clay. First of all, do you realize how much chaos can happen in those two and a half minutes? Sec- what do you mean, chaos? Like, it's, it's, it's we dark, know that it, kids will it's just chaos. Go- Hold on. It's <laughs> chaos back in the olden days when suddenly you didn't know there was going to be an eclipse and suddenly the sun got eclipsed, okay? That's chaos. That would be like, uh-oh, the world's coming to an end. I understand why there might have been chaos years ago. But they've been talking about this eclipse for a year now. I know it's going to happen for two and a half minutes. It's like my sex life. I'm, I know I'm, it's going to happen for two and a half minutes, and then it's over, right? I'm, I'm like ki- this. I'm, this is this thing is predicted. All right, it's like birthday sex. Everybody knows it's going to happen for two and a half minutes, and then it's over. So it's there, like, and it's it's everybody knows it's coming. And uh, this is an interesting phrase, right? Every, every, everybody knows that it that it's going to happen, and and then it's over. And I, I think that this eclipse is one of the most overrated things to ever happen 
in modern history here. I've never read so much about a freaking eclipse. I don't understand the, the, the attraction here. I'm kidding about that part. I think shutting down the schools is ridiculous. Shutting down schools. I mean, is this a big conversation in L.A.? Or is it the only part, it's, middle part of the country that's obsessed with this? It's not because we don't, we don't get a, as, like, as cool of an eclipse because we're, I guess, the angle that we're at. It's not going to be like the full sun being covered. Right. They're saying we're too far south. So a lot of folks here plan to take their vacation, Clay, so they could drive north. There, I don't know if you've seen the video on this. You can Google it. There are lines of cars for 20, 25 miles through Oregon right now. Already? Already. For people trying to get as far north as they can, hotels outside of Yellowstone National Park are gouging folks right now for over $450 a night for hotel stay. I, I don't understand. This seems like the worst decision ever. It's two minutes, all right? It's two minutes of entertainment or two and a half or at most like three minutes some places. And I, I don't understand why people are losing their mind over this. I mean, Jason Martin, what are you going to do? You're a single guy. You got no kids. Are you doing something special for the eclipse? Nope. Not at all. As I mean, a matter school of fact. shutting down for the eclipse seem crazy to you? I mean, it does. They're treating it like a holiday, like a celebration. Like I know that the minor league team here in Nashville is opening up their stadium and passing out glasses to everybody. There's a bunch of concert venues what about around my, town doing yeah, that as well. What about well. my question about did people all go blind back in the day? Because I'm going to tell you something. But when you didn't know the eclipse was going to happen, what would be your natural reaction if suddenly the sun started to get covered? You would look, look up, up at the sun and be like, what's going on? So... I, I mean, genuinely curious about this. Did all of the ancient people just go blind? I mean, were there millions of people blinded by the eclipse? I mean, there's a whole lot of hysteria now. I know that there are, I've seen reports of hospitals and medical centers passing out bad glasses. Like, they're everywhere, and you don't know which ones that you can trust, according to all the things that I've read. And I'm just like, all right, well, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm not going to look. I remember... An eclipse when I was maybe in elementary school, maybe fourth, fifth grade, something like that. I think I remember that one too. Yeah, I do too. They did a shoebox. We used paper plates. I remember that. Yeah, you couldn't look at it directly. You had to look. Yeah, the shadow of the shadow on the shoebox. And by the way, we didn't get out of school. And also, I find it hard to believe that we all went outside with freaking shoeboxes. Like this is the this is the worst scientific experiment ever. You took a bunch of six year olds or eight year olds or whatever we were outside with shoeboxes nobody had special eclipse glasses and you're supposed to watch it in a shoebox i i really don't remember that i remember being told at that age that you would go blind if you looked up at the sun so obviously i didn't want to do that do we actually have anybody in america today who is blind from the eclipse like, like is we're there gonna actually see stories we will see there stories is a guy? afterwards no i'm this, saying we're gonna see stories after this happens on monday there's going to be some kind of a story of some dude that looked up. Because you know there's going to be numbskulls that look up, no matter even if it was a 100% certainty that this was going to happen. I think your point about the ancients is, is a good one, though, because who is not looking up in that situation That's what I'm when saying. they have no clue that it's happening and it happens like once every millennium or whatever it is? Yeah, it's, it, you the, would think the amazing. world... You would think the world I understand why chaos and panic would happen then. You would think the world was coming to a close, coming to an end. If you were a Native American in the United States, wasn't even discovered yet, and you're walking across, and suddenly the sun starts to disappear. And the same thing would happen in ancient Greece, ancient Rome, ancient Mayans, like all these ancient peoples. You would think they would all look up at the sun. So did they all simultaneously go blind? 
I mean, it's a really good point that I've never heard anybody mention before. Either that or this is some mass hysteria for nothing, and we looked what? at shoeboxes when we should have been looking at the moon and the sun to my, actually get it, this thing correctly. My, my point on it is just think about how crazy that was that we were all making shoeboxes and, like, I think some, some people had, like— Paper plates is what we used in my school. Paper plates, all right. And I think also maybe some people had, like— uh, what are the things like the wrapping paper tubes? Like I remember just a lot. I mean, there was a making lot making like kaleidoscopes and yeah, stuff I mean, like there that. There was a lot of ridiculous like handmade eclipse stuff. We certainly didn't get out of school, but it's what I'm getting at is it seems like if the danger was really there, that taking kids outside with shoeboxes and kaleidoscopes and everything else and telling them not to look at the sun is a really bad move. I I, I don't want to be the guy who tells you that you can look at the eclipse and you're not going to go blind. But I have real issues with whether you're act- whether anybody actually ever goes blind. I think this might be a made-up story. I think this really might be a made-up story because, again, everybody who didn't know the eclipse was going to happen, which is the vast majority of humans throughout time, are you telling me that millions of people went blind? Because I guarantee you the minute that the sun starts to get uh, past there, the eclipse starts to happen, everybody's natural reaction in olden days is uh uh-oh, right? Because it might not have happened in their lives. And secondly, everybody's going to watch to see whether or not the world's coming to an end. All right, so I want to open up the phone lines. Do you actually believe you go blind? 877-996-6369. Also, let me finish my Nick Saban anecdote before I got into the eclipse. This is almost as amazing as the eclipse happening, maybe more amazing. Alabama, I got two amazing Nick Saban facts, facts for you. Number one, Alabama has been ranked number one at some point in the year since 2008. Think about how crazy that stat is. 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, and now 17 if you count the coaches poll. Ten consecutive years where Alabama has been number one at some point of the season. That's an unheard of statistic. To put it into context... Bear Bryant, when I went and looked, the most consecutive years that Bear Bryant at Alabama was ever ranked number one, three. Nick Saban, 10 consecutive years. Since every year since his second year at Alabama, the Crimson Tide has been ranked number one at some point in the season. They've won four titles during that time, but they have been ranked number one at some point in the time during that season for 10 straight years. Second point. Second amazing point, how dominant Nick Saban has been. I was looking up all these stats as I was ranking the greatest college football coaches 1-12, to 12, in my opinion. Number one, obviously, is Nick Saban. Number two, Urban Meyer. Number three, Dabo Sweeney. Number four, Jimbo Fisher. But amazing stat here, and this is unbelievable. The last time in the regular season that a Nick Saban-coached Alabama team lost a game by more than a touchdown was 2010. Think about that stat for a minute. The last time in the regular season, I don't want you blowing up my Twitter feed, use your listening comprehension skills here, regular season, Nick Saban has lost bowl games by over a touchdown. But the last time in the regular season that a Nick Saban-coached Alabama team has lost a game by more than a touchdown was South Carolina in 2010. Two amazing stats. Open phone lines. Do you really believe that you're going to go blind? The eclipse is Monday. I got to tell you, 
Not sure that I believe it. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Do we have Willie in New Orleans? We sure do. Walking Willie no. down in New Orleans. Willie, what are you going to do about the eclipse? Hey, I'm going to get laid. <laughs> <laughs> you better tell your buddy that who ain't had a girlfriend and he got laid in six years. Yeah, that's I Jason Martin. <laughs> yeah, but down here, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm 77. When my grandmother told me, don't look at the doggone uh, eclipse, you're going to go blind, I done what she said. And, and it's just like the UFOs out there in Area 51. When you go through Route 66 and your doggone car radio starts standing, you know them UFOs out there. And nobody don't want to believe it. <laughs> I believe you. You know, what, like, what do you think aliens look like, Willie? Hey, just like when the when, when the dog on the day the world stood still, and that guy say, gave him and cooped it, tooted it. Some of the word were that uh, I know they got a big ears, big eyes, and I don't want to face them. Simple as that. <laughs> No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, what do you think about Nick Saban, the fact that he's had his team number one for 10 straight years, Willie? Well, in the good old days, when Gremlin and Florida and him and that guy, Fast Bryant, when he went to USC and seen that black dude running that ball. Sam Bam, right? Yeah. He said, I got to get me some of those. But down in Alabama, they may be a redneck state. You don't even have to say good morning. All then you got to say is roll tie. Even if it's a Ku Klux Klan rally, and you say roll tie, them Ku Klux going to say roll tie, and they're going to forget what they were doing. But, but it's just a simple thing. And like down here in New Orleans, you see what uh, Sean Payton did to all of them doctors on the Saints team. Now, now they are there in, uh, in San Diego, they got to use the San Diego Chargers doctors to tell them what's wrong with their own players. And like I was saying, you know, probably let another doctor know that your players hurt. <laughs> how much How much different would New Orleans be if Drew Brees never came there? Hey, we had that guy named Blake, and he didn't do nothing but just smile. But last day, when Drew Brees was out there in San Diego, he, wanted, he didn't want to play with the Chargers. He wanted to go someplace else, but hey, my buddy Drew, he is all right. I, I like him because this time I see him, I say, hey, Drew, you been to Black's Beach? He say, you been to San Diego? I say, yeah, why do you go to Black's Beach? Because it's down there by La Jolla, and it's a cliff, and it's a nudist beach. Everybody who's been to San Diego, they've been to Black's Beach. They don't call it White Beach. They don't call it, they call it Black's Beach, and you got to be a beach coma to go down that cliff. And it's right in La Jolla. I'm by the Tiger Woods. Been there. You, you've been there? Have you gotten naked on the beach, Willie? Oh, yes, indeed. I was a sailor. I've been retired since 82. I've so been what did the girls look like on Black's Beach back when you were there? Were they good-looking women or ugly women? Hey, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. All that I've seen some of them, you know, well, I'm a sailor, you know, we just see Long as they had some nice, you know, boobs, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, no doubt. Where, where are the best-looking women in the world, Willie? You were a sailor. You went all around the world. Where's the best-looking women? Australia. 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 With the 
religion. <laughs> if I would have been married, I would have been married over there because when they, it can be ten babies born, nine of them gonna be girls, and they got lots of women over there during the war. Women was in charge, just like here in America. Women were the hard workers, patriotism, and I, I'm patriotic, man, but I believe in what's right. And by my friend Chris Long, where's his brother here by? Because Chris Long is from Boston, and in the place in Boston he's from, Charlestown. And Charlestown had a place called the Combat Zone, and everybody in Massachusetts was patriotic, and that's it. <laughs> All right, last question for you, Willie. What would you advise people to do for the eclipse? What should everybody do? Go get laid. <laughs> <laughs> That's great advice, Willie. Have a good Friday, my man. Right on. <laughs> Bye-bye. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. All right, here we go. Voicemails beginning, I hate you, Clay Travis. Well, I'm back. It's Ryan from NorCal, the Chick-fil-A Justice Warrior. Now, sorry, Outkick Army. I was on vacation last week, so I didn't get a chance to fire back at that sweet little whore, Justina Cooper. Yeah, I heard what you said after my last voicemail, which was Radio Gold, by the way. Oh, that guy works at Chick-fil-A for minimum wage. That's what you said, huh? Well, let me tell you something, bud. I'd work at Chick-fil-A for free, just for a tiny little slice of delicious heaven called the employee lunch break, you loser. And who are you to talk about minimum wage, you second-string Dennis the Menace? (laughs) (laughs) Don't you remember the premiere when it was just you and your parents? And they told you, oh, the studio rented it out for the VIP for you. Nah, buddy, they didn't have the heart to tell you you went straight to DVD. Here, give me a break. This guy. He sounds got the voice of an eight-year-old girl trying to insult Chick-fil-A. Pump the brakes, buddy. Popeye's chicken. Give me a break. The Chick-fil-A Justice Warrior. I'm out. Justin Cooper, first time that you've gotten waylaid here on the voicemail message. Any thoughts? I don't remember saying anything about how much he made saying minimum wage. I I think I said that he must work at Chick-fil-A. I don't think I brought up minimum wage. It is fair that you understand that people who work at Chick-fil-A probably don't make $40 an hour. Right, but, I mean, Chick-fil-A, I, I can't imagine. They probably make a little bit more than minimum wage. They seem like, you know, one of those places that would give a little bit more. A shot, like, a sh- like in and out One of those places. Yeah, one of those what places. Like, yeah, like, you know, like in and out or, or, you know. Where they respect their employees. Exactly. <laughs> Costco. So not Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> No, I you know I make more than minimum wage at least. Hopefully, uh, yeah. But uh, first of all, it was straight to VHS. We didn't have DVDs back then. <laughs> That's why you got a blockbuster award. That's right. Dennis the Menace Two went straight to the, the VHS. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But what did hey, they pay was, you to be in Dennis the Menace Two? Uh, paid you in paint for offense. It was under a hundred thousand. That's pretty good, though. Still pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Under 100K. That's not bad. All right, voicemail two. Yeah, this is Gay Travis, right? I mean, hate to brag, right? This is Gay Travis, right? Is that all you say, dude? Right? You're the biggest man butt banging swaller I know, right? 
you'll probably bleep that out, even though you can call LeBron James a bitch as much as you want. Right? Shut up. Is that it? Yeah, he got out quick. All right, let's keep going. I'm gay. Hey, boy, this is Toby in San Antonio. I got an Animal Thunderdome update. Uh, I didn't tell you my snake story. Uh, back on uh, Election Day in 2012, so it was November of 2012, I, I, um, I killed a baby rattlesnake in our garage, um, and I, I basically took a shovel and cut it in half. And every time you tell people that story, they tell you two things. Number one, you know, the baby rattlesnakes are the worst because they can't control their venom. They just, you know, when they bite you, they just put too much in you. I guess they, you know, like it really matters. But anyway, they say they're really dangerous. And number two, this is the one that's scary. They always tell you, well, if there's a baby around, you know, the big one, the mother must be around. That always made me feel really comfortable. Now, this is what's funny about this story, okay? My father, in 1944, when he was 10 years old, on Election Day, so November of 44, he gets bit by a rattlesnake while playing hide-and-seek in his yard uh, on his right arm. He was in the hospital for several weeks. He almost died. The, uh, the doctors wanted to amputate his arm, and my grandmother said, no, no, just keep, uh, we'll just keep going. We'll see how it goes and whatever. And uh, he didn't die, obviously, or I wouldn't be here. And now his arm was fine, but his, he had several operations on his hand because the venom of a rattlesnake has a bunch of proteases and lipases and all kinds of crap. And it basically eats away your flesh. So, you, you know, I, his right hand is really gross looking. I can't even describe it. Um, I could get a picture and send it to you, but he's kind of sensitive about the subject naturally because it's a deformity, and it looks really horrible. And uh, but then I, if I send it to you, I don't know. You'd probably put it all over social media, and I don't need that kind of grief. Anyway, that's all I want to say. I had a really cool snake story. I killed a snake on Election Day 2012. My dad got bit by a rattlesnake, 1944 election day. What is the coincidence? Oh, and by the way, you're a fucking idiot. Danny Ainge played three years in Major League Baseball. Then he went to play uh, professional basketball at a very high level. He was not on your all-time white guy athlete list or whatever. How A guy who can play two sports at the Major League level, at the highest level, how he doesn't make your list, you're a fucking moron. This is why I'm a snakist. I don't know what that guy's hands look like, but I think all snakes should be dead. No doubt. That was a long story. Let's keep rolling. What's up, fellas? This is Robert and San Bernardino. So the Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor fight dropped down to eight-ounce gloves. It's like the equivalent of when OutKick hit the airwaves and Mike and Mike got punched in the mouth. Game changer. Game over. Hold up. Roll on over, get it, get it. McGregor, get it, knock that fool out. That's what's up. Appreciate the support there. A little bit of support yeah, in the, play. In the uh, up, hey. fellas. Robert from San Bernardino, the greatest white athlete ever of all time, is going to be that kid from the movie Liar, Liar. I got a nose for talent, and I'm telling you right now, when that kid grows up, He's going to be something special. <laughs> Is that back-to-back, Robert and San Bernardino? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the first ever to go back-to-back. <laughs> wow. Because that second one is so great. Justin Cooper coming in for a lot of heat today in <laughs> I Hate You, Clay Travis. People don't even hate me anymore, Justin Cooper. We'll have to find out what happens when that kid grows up. <laughs> we will indeed. 
Kyrie and OKC here, man. Guess what? F you, Jason Martin. You're a racist bitch. All you do is put fucking white dudes on this fucking voicemail that fucking said that Clay is gay. You don't put motherfuckers on here talking about you or motherfuckers talking about Clay or sports takes or nothing. Oh, let's just say Clay's gay, blah, blah, blah. F that gay shit. Dude, that's fucking boring and that's fucking basic and so fucking easy. Talk about sports. I call in talking shit about people in sports. Man, it's a fucking sports radio show. F you, Jason Martin. You're a fucking fucking dude. Glad to see somebody finally recognizing that you deserve some hate. Should we take a break here or play more hate? Voice, I mean, we've obviously got more, but should we play them coming back or should we take our break now? We can, get, we can get a couple more in here. All right, let's get a couple more in. Hey, gay Travis. Yeah, it's me again. Um, yeah, this is the one that can rhyme clay with gay. Yeah, I am the Jay-Z of sports talk, so thanks for the compliment. But um, I wasn't trying to offend you with the gay comment. You know, that's. You're offensive to gay people, you know, for being a part of their <laughs> brethren. You know, you're the OJ of the gay community. That's how I look at it. Um, yeah, you pretty much suck, as always. Uh, thanks for the shout-out on the radio, though. Quit being a hater, gay. You know, grow a pair of balls. Use them for once. You know what I'm saying? And uh, stay white. See ya, bitch. It would be hard for me not to stay white. I do love being being called the OJ of the gay community. That needs though. to go on it's your headstone. <laughs> OJ of the gay community would be great to go on my headstone when I'm dead. I, I, don't, I don't disagree there. The OJ of the gay community, Clay Travis. That's good. That's well played. Clay Travis is gay. <laughs> not only is he gay, but he's a racist. How can you be a racist and be gay? So you're all for homosexuality, but you're a racist. Clay Travis is gay. He's a f It is an enigma. You would think that there probably aren't that many racist gay people, but I've somehow managed to pull it off. Also Muslim. Also Muslim. Yeah, I'm a gay Muslim. So, I mean, that's a hell of a combo. I turned on my serious radio one day to someone that sounded like a 14-year-old schoolboy bitch. <laughs> I then Google a picture of who Clay Travis is, and up comes this f***ing-in-the-ass-looking motherfucker who basically says anything and everything ridiculous compared to what everyone else is thinking. So there's good days and bad days, but on most days, Clay, you're a motherfucking I'm not going to lie. When he started off by saying who looked like a 14-year-old insults, 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 I was really hoping he was going to go with one of you guys instead of me. <laughs> <laughs> Cooper would like, have been the obvious yeah, guy. Yeah, I thought, surely he's going to go after Justin Cooper here. He definitely looks like a 14-year-old blank, blank, blank. But no, he went after me instead. All right, more of those coming up next. It's Fox Sports Radio. It's I Hate You, Clay Travis voicemails. The greatest segment in the history of Sports Talk Radio. And we still got one more left for you. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Great news. Quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance. 855-500-CLAY. You can call and leave voicemails all day long any time of the day or night and i guarantee you that jason martin will be able to check them out by the way this is pretty good wku fan 92 says not hearing much hate this morning 
confirms you've become the most beloved on-air sports personality. I love that people can have heard these voicemails and be like, you know what? People aren't really hating Clay Travis that much. Let's keep rolling. Here we go, Jason Martin. Hi, Clay. Just want to call and tell you how f***ing stupid you are. Tim Tebow, a top 10 wide athlete? Are you f***ing serious? You didn't even have Joe Montana on the list, you dumbass. What a f***ing joke. That's all I got for you. See you later, Day Clay. I don't understand how you could argue that Tim Tebow is not a top 10 athlete for a white guy. I mean, he's playing, what's his current batting average in major in the minor leagues right now? He's playing minor league baseball. He just turned 30. He was dominant. Joe Montana couldn't have done at Florida what Tim Tebow did. He's hitting 220 right now. Eey, man, that's a big drop. <laughs> yeah, it's dropped huge. Wasn't he like 340 a month ago? Uh, he was close. He was like in the 321 to 330 range, and it's just consistently dropped since that point. Hadn't gotten a hit in his last three games. He's 0 for his last 12 and 1 for his last 16. That's not good. That's not good. Probably this voicemail is not going to be very good for me either. Justin Cooper, yeah, I didn't uh, realize Wendy's was such an elitist restaurant to eat at since you rip on Chick-fil-A. And, dude, your career peaked when you were 10. It's been downhill <laughs> since. Your next career path? Day laborer in Modesto picking lettuce. <laughs> That's cool. I'm sure my 10-year-old peak was higher than whatever that guy's peak was. Oh. 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 Hey, that how- was actually a really good call. I do love the idea of you being a lettuce picker in Modesto. Hey. <laughs> I have some family a in that city. Picker. How dare he takes a shot at Modesto, California. The Modesto. People are just driving around, having a good day, and listening to the hate bell. It gets me in Modesto, California. just gets flattened. Uh, all right, let's keep rolling. And the food at Wendy's is elite. Play, don't be a douche. Francis Scott Key was not a pussy willow hiding behind a rock. The reason he wasn't in the Battle of Fort McHenry is he'd already been captured, and he was being held as a POW in a, on a British warship. Get your facts straight. Don't be like the Donald out there proclaiming who is and who isn't hostile and who is and who isn't right. Just get your facts straight. Francis Scott Key was a great American. He saw something, then he wanted to become a part of history, and he made it happen. So get it right. I think that wasn't me. I think that was Walking Willie down in New Orleans who said who called Francis Scott Key a pussy willow. <laughs> He's the one who said he was hiding behind a rock. I, I, you know, like again, I wasn't trying to speak to the Francis uh, the Francis Scott Key family unhappy. It's probably his great 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 grandson there who just called in. Let's keep rolling. Clay, Jason Martin, and your whole staff. Your Game of Thrones show is retarded. It's for booger eaters. Stick to sports, move out of your mom's basement, quit eating your boogers, and quit talking about Game of Thrones. If you're going to do that, go join the other 40-year-old dress-up booger eaters that are attending the Star Wars premieres all the time. Quit eating boogers, move out of your mom's basement. It's retarded. I don't understand anti-Game of Thrones guy. Like, if you don't like a show, more power to you. Like, I don't come on saying, like, hey, you know what I think sucks? I think that, uh, like, I don't know. What's another popular show, Jason Martin? Like, what's another? Like, I don't watch um, uh, The Walking Dead, right? Does that show still exist? Yes. I've never watched The Walking Dead. But I don't come on and be like, hey, all you Walking Dead fans suck. Like, I, I just I haven't watched the show. It doesn't mean that, that I think you're wrong for watching it. 
27 or 28 million people every week in the country watch Game of Thrones. That means that, you know, if you watch it, you're part of a pretty big group. So if you don't watch it, though, why does it offend you that other people do? I don't understand that. That seems weird to me. Last one. Here we go. Clay, I'm just listening to you talking about that you denied T.I. LaVision to, t- to tell the truth on the radio. That's some f***ing bullshit right there, bro. Hey, you say that you, you don't want to make more money? You say you got a nanny and you got a, a wife and two kids? Three. And the amount of money that you're making right now, you could live on it for the rest of your life. You fucking moron! Come on, man. You are egotistical. You will leave it in a heartbeat, man. In a heartbeat. They don't want you, man. Then you're not gonna be able to spill all this racist shit that you do on 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 the radio, on TV. You wouldn't last long. Ask Rush Limbaugh, you goofball. Good ending there. I maybe we'll do TV one day. Maybe I won't. I got a good living. But I think I would last. I think I'd be pretty good at it. But if I'm not, then I'll continue to dominate on radio and the internet and Periscope and Facebook and every other form of modern media. Are you, you going can Howard create. Dean on us here? No. Start naming states? No, I'm just saying this is where I do. Where do I go? That's where I go. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that. But there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when 
when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on!